It is the 16th of October, which means it's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. mRNA, the gift that just keeps on giving. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. I've got a uh, couple of people that are visiting here. The first is Larry, and I remember your name is like a French name, and it begins with a B, and I don't remember your last name. Bouillier. Bouillier, okay. Is it really Bouillier or something like that? I mean, did it get converted or? or? In the U.S. it's Bullier. Okay, I just remember that, and that's how I try to remember names is by the unusual ones. And so, anyway, it's good to have you back. He's never been to a Sunday service, only a uh, Thursday Bible study, and so here he is. And uh, then we have Roy Perry, who is uh, somebody I grew up with his wife, and uh, he grew up here in Sarasota. He's up in Asheville, North Carolina, outside of Asheville, and he is down here to help with the hurricane relief effort. So wonderful stuff there. And then we have Andre and Lilia, and they are also from Asheville, North Carolina. So you guys need to talk to each other and say hi and uh, see what's going on. They, I've known them for quite a while. You've been in the church a couple times, and uh, he's a fisherman, so he'll be out off the dock in his uh, kayak fishing. And I got some screenshots of him this week, which I still haven't sent to you because I need to send them to your wife because I have her email and not yours. But there you go. It's good to have all of you here. Thank you for making the effort. Now, we, one more thing. You know, we have Dr. and Mabel back. I mean, they were regular attendees, but because they're always gone, you know, they go away during the summer, and we never know when they're going to show up. They showed up today, so we'll welcome them just like your newcomers. How's that? All right. Um, last week, I said that I was going to email Prime Minister Truss of the UK about moving the embassy to Jerusalem. I could not find a way of contacting her. I looked and looked and looked and looked. And then finally, some people in the UK said, just send us the letter and we'll get it to her. And then not soon after that, my friend Trent sent me a contact email. So I sent one to her and we'll see if she ever responds. But I wanted to let you know that I said, um, I know you're considering moving the UK embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. There have been warnings and admonitions directed toward you in the news that I have read. But I want you to remember that the exact same things were tossed out toward President Trump. In the end, the move was made and life went on. There was no blowback. Rather, he was able to effectively work with the same nations that warned him not to move the embassy and even came up with the Abraham Accords, bringing them together in a historic way. Stand fast on your decision. It is the right one. President Trump will be remembered as a man who did what he said he would do. His predecessors said they would do this, and then they reneged on their words, as can normally be expected from politicians. I encourage you to make the move and be remembered as a true friend of Israel. Congratulations and much encouragement to you in your new duties. We shall pray for you here in sunny Sarasota, Florida. Okay, so there you go. We'll see if she answers that, but we'll hope that she makes the move. And I just would love to be a little teeny part of having her say, I'm going to do the right thing. Okay, we got some news from Israel. Times of Israel. Energian announces new Israel gas discovery estimated at 7 to 15 billion cubic meters. That's not a lot 
compared to some of their other wells, but it is something that will keep them going for a couple years. The Hermes Exploration Well is located southeast of the Karish Field. The Stena Ice Max drilling rig has now moved to the so-called Olympus area, located between Energy and Karish and Tanin Fields. The company hopes that exploration will enable it to further refine estimates of natural gas there, which currently stand at a theoretical 58 billion cubic meters. So all these wells are right around each other. The company said that the Hermes discovery had lowered the risk of exploring other nearby areas, such as the Poseidon and Orpheus structures. Energian has exercised its option to drill a sixth well targeting the Hercules Prospect, located on Block 23, between Hermes and Israel's coast. All of these blocks are located within Israel waters, south of the maritime area whose ownership is disputed by Israel and Lebanon, but they just agreed on a uh, deal between Lebanon and Israel this past week. It still has to go through the approval process, I believe the Knesset. I think uh, Lebanon completed their process and they accept it, but I think the Knesset still has to agree on it at this point. Anyway, for the sake of comparison, the Karish and Tanin fields contain a total of about 75 billion cubic meters of natural gas. About 12 billion cubic meters are consumed annually in Israel. A company spokeswoman said it was impossible to put a price on the figures as it was not yet known how much of the mix in the wells was gas and how much was liquid condensate. So there you go. A little interesting. They keep finding these wells and finding these wells. And eventually, I hope they find one that is trillions of cubic meters. And uh, that'll just support Israel all the way through the millennium. But it may also be the impetus for Russia to come down and say we're taking things over. Anyway, from Ynet. Yes. Do you know why do they keep naming them after Greek gods? I have no idea. They, they, she wanted to know why they keep naming them after Greek gods. There are some Israel names in there, Tanin and uh, uh, Leviathan, etc. But they threw in maybe because it's, uh, I believe, because Energian, this may be the reason, is out of Crete or out of Greece. And so they're working with them together. And so they probably pick one for Israel, one for the, the Greeks or something. That's just a guess. But I didn't research that at all. Just a guess. Don't make a squiggle in your brain over that, please. Okay. All right. Why not? IDF makes strides in space tech race with new satellites, thousands of new nano satellites. And we reported on one a couple of years ago, which I think is in this article. We'll soon join the growing arsenal of space technology at the disposal of the Israeli military. The satellites will be used by the Intel Corps Unit 9900 to allow it to have better and more consistent surveillance of Israel's enemies. The improved monitoring capabilities will allow the military to decipher intelligence in a more efficient way. We can generate a picture of any point in the world within minutes. The acquisition of satellites is a part of a collaboration with the U.S., which is expected to grow within the next few years. The IDF plans on leasing thousands more satellites from different Western companies in the future. According to the unit's development outline, the satellites will function almost completely autonomously in the next few years. Their system will trace distant territories and be programmed to alert and direct the operators and decoders to the exact location of interest. The automatic monitoring system of large parts of enemy territory is already in advanced stages of development. For example, the new system is wired to identify ideal routes for tank units by reading the relevant territories, landscape, and obstacles. What that means is that if they don't have GPS, they can still use terrain uh, imaging to 
identify targets and to go to certain places. It's something that uh, Israel is almost uniquely qualified at. Anyway, the pace of Unit 9900 depends on many factors, one being the physics behind our planet's rotation. To keep up with all the incoming orders, the unit developed a special algorithm that organizes all the different locations they have to photograph, creating a more efficient system. Additionally, the satellite requires diligent upkeeping, which must oftentimes be done from afar. When guests from foreign militaries come here, they cannot believe that missions are carried out by a 19-year-old soldier while her 20-year-old friend activates the satellite. Everyone here knows that it is a strategic resource that costs up to millions of NIS to operate, and the soldiers picked to be here are very talented and intelligent. According to the unit, terror groups such as Hezbollah also have access to satellite images Israel takes and can use them for their strategic tactics. The reason being that there are more private satellites in space than there are state-owned ones. The last time Unit 9900 launched a satellite into space was July 2020. That's the one I was thinking of, when soldiers participated in the launch of OFEC-16 Electro-Optical Reconnaissance Satellite. Good stuff. From Ynet, Israel wooing future Arab allies with nuclear embrace. With declining prospects of the U.S. reviving the moribund agreement to regulate Iran's nuclear aspirations, the head of Israel's atomic agency said this week that Jerusalem was contemplating sharing nuclear know-how with Arab states with whom it has a peace agreement. The speech was meant to impress the value of friendship with Israel both on Arab states with whom it has peace treaties and those contemplating such a step. It also served as a warning to regional foe Iran whose own nuclear ambitions Israel vows to thwart. Omar Rahman, a fellow at the Middle East Council on Global Affairs specializing in regional foreign policy, security, and conflict, said that the announcement likely has a dual purpose. The first is to offer an additional reward for those who have taken the step in Israel's direction, with their publics taking note, and incentive to those who are on the fence about doing so in the future, he says. Secondly, this may be a warning to Iran that Israel is willing to strengthen the capabilities of allies in the region in order to contain Tehran's ambitions. So, Israel working with Arabs that just a couple years ago they were in a state of war with. Marvelous. Marvelous. Thank you, President Donald Trump. Uh, we have some news from Christianity today. Uh, first, I have from uh, Silas in Kenya. He is still building the school. He's at the plastering stage, which will cost $2,690. Uh, completing the roofing was paid for by the church this week, so we don't have to worry about that. And doors and windows at $2,600, so we're up to $3,290, and I believe that'll complete this school building. So if you want to help Silas with that in Kenya, please uh, let me know, and I can tell you how to give to him, and uh, we'll get a school built there. That'd be great stuff. And then just walking in this morning, I got this really cool, it says, I don't know what KM4LDI is, but the guy looks really cool. Anyway, um, I got a uh, card from Ron Hicks, who's been doing the Bible Typer app, and uh, it says, Greetings, Charlie. I'm 88% of the way through the Old Testament. Just finished Ezekiel 20 this morning. Good job. I, I'm so glad he's doing this. He's learning the Bible. He's improving his typing. If you want to know how to do that, please contact me and I can send you the link to the Bible Typer app. Good stuff. Okay, and congratulations to him as well. That landed perfectly on my pile there. That was, hey, 
sometimes things just work out. In best day of my life. Okay, from AFR, Andrew Thornburn canceled as Essendon CEO after 24 hours. Now, this is in Australia. This guy was given a job as a CEO, and within 24 hours, he had to step down because people didn't like what his church says. Now, imagine that, your church. Newly appointed Essendon chief executive and former National Australia Bank CEO. He's no dummy. He's been in charge of many things. He's obviously never caused any problems or they wouldn't have hired him. He has stood down just 24 hours after being appointed, yielding to a backlash over the beliefs of the church he attends. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews added weight to calls to reverse Mr. Thornburn's appointment by buying into the controversy and condemning the church's stance on homosexuality and abortion as absolutely appalling. So you can no longer agree with the Bible and be given a job in Australia. Imagine that. But the debacle has sparked warnings from executive recruiters that a guilt by association, which is all this is, approach to a leader's personal views has gone too far. The appointment of Mr. Thornburn on Monday, a week ago, to run the besieged football club sparked a backlash by some supporters, including Port Phillip Deputy Mayor Tim Baxter, who said he had quit his membership in response and urged a wider boycott. At issue was Mr. Thornburn's position as chairman at the conservative Christian church, City on a Hill, which has condemned abortion and declared homosexuality a sin. Okay, that's what it does. That's what it says. And you can't have that stand and get a job as a CEO anymore in Australia. As soon as the comments relating to a 2013 sermon, 2013, from a pastor at the City on the Hill church came to light this morning. We acted immediately to clarify the publicly espoused views on the organization's official website, which are in direct contradiction to our values as a club. The board made clear that despite not being the views that Andrew Thornburn has expressed personally and that were also made prior to him taking up his role as chairman, he couldn't continue to serve in his dual roles. So somebody said something years before in a sermon, and he had nothing to do with it, and he is being guilt by association by these people at the Essendon Football Club and as a chairman of City on the Hill. Mr. Thornburn released a statement that while he was saddened by the day's events, he was not willing to compromise his personal beliefs. Good for him. Today it became clear to me that my own personal Christian faith is not tolerated or permitted in the public space at least by some and perhaps by many. I was being required to compromise beyond a level that my conscience allowed. Earlier, Mr. Thornburn spoke on sports radio SEN, where he called on Bombers supporters to judge him on his leadership and not his faith. Bombers, I assume, is the name of the team, okay? Anyway, um, my job in a governance role is to make sure it's run well. I don't always agree with what's said by the church, but in a way, that's not the point. If you want a diverse society, it also means there are going to be people with different views. The question for harmony is whether we can coexist and hear each other and respect each other's views. Apparently not. It's that point around, I disagree with what you say, but I defend your right to say it. Gracious as always, the Christian goes down in flames while the left gets one more little victory over the minds of the people. From Axios, 
Pope, Europe's migrant crisis is disgusting, sinful, and criminal. Pope Francis, an outspoken critic of Europe's response to migrants and asylum seekers, called the continent's migrant crisis disgusting, sinful, criminal. The Bishop of Rome's comments, delivered in St. Peter's Square, reinforces stance that migration is a humanitarian crisis that concerns everyone. What he's saying, indeed, the situation of migrants is criminal. They are left to die in front of us, making the Mediterranean the largest cemetery in the world. Well, we got a pretty large one south of us, and that's because of the murdering person in the president's office right now. Pope Francis also pointed to the migrants dying during sea crossings or landing in Libya, where he said they end up in concentration camps and are exploited and sold as slaves. Okay, so we've got Africans selling Africans as slaves. And we're going back in America and we want to pay reparations to people because Africans sold Africans as slaves and it was the Christians that got them freed here in America. I just don't understand the world and I certainly don't understand this guy sitting in the Pope's seat right now. But by the numbers, the UN Refugee Agency found over 3,000 people died or went missing while crossing the Mediterranean or Atlantic Seas to reach Europe last year, nearly double the previous number. Okay. Whose fault is that? It's not Europe's fault that these people are coming. They're told this is a sovereign nation. We don't want you to come. And they come, and then they drown, and they die. And the Pope says it's Europe's fault. So you just build a bridge over to Africa and just leave it open and let everybody that wants to run in come in. How many is he taking in? How many is he taking as in? As long as it ends in Vatican Square. Yeah, Vatican Square. Let it end in Vatican Square. That'll shut up really quickly, like Martha's Vineyard. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From Kitco, Turkey's gold imports jumped nearly 550% as inflation accelerates to 83.45% in September. We think we got a bad here, and we do. I will tell you this. I went to IHOP yesterday in the morning because I knew I was going for an early dinner so I didn't want to go after missions because I wouldn't have eaten my dinner if I had lunch. So I went there early in the morning and I had breakfast. Me. Me. It was $17.50. I was expecting to be like six bucks. I looked down and I'm like, what did I just eat? Now imagine that in Turkey. That would be like $178.50 or something, okay? There we go. Turkey's total trade, it was his fault. He told me to get the orange juice. That put me over the... Okay. Turkey's total trade deficit jumped 298% year on year in September. That's big. Overall, exports advanced 9.2%, while imports surged 41.5%. This was largely due to energy imports, which rose 115% last month marking the highest monthly level on record. The country's trade minister stated that energy imports were about a third of total imports for the first nine months of the year. One of the top exporters to Turkey is Russia because of the energy element. At the same time, gold supplying banks slashed shipments to India and focused more on China and Turkey due to the better premiums. Buyers in China and Turkey are right now paying a very high premium. There's no comparison when we equate it with the Indian market. The annual inflation number in Turkey reached 83.45% in September. Heartbreaking. The highest level since July 1998, as transport prices rose nearly 118%, and food and non-alcoholic drinks climbed 93.5%. Your food in Turkey is up 93.5%. 
Despite surging price pressures, Turkey's central bank, as I've reported three times now, has been cutting interest rates. He's not a very smart guy that's running this thing, which were lowered from 14% at the beginning of the year to 12%. Monetary policy decisions have become disconnected from macro fundamentals and have become almost irrelevant for short-term inflation dynamics. And President Erdogan has called for an even more accommodative rate. Okay, from the Jerusalem Post. Oh, by the way, I did have to sell your grandson to pay my IHOP breakfast yesterday, so you won't be seeing him anymore. Okay, let's see here. From the Jerusalem Post, U.S. anger over Saudi Arabia, OPEC will impact Israel Middle East policy. In the wake of the OPEC decision to cut oil production, there has been an outpouring of anger at Saudi Arabia in the West and the U.S. as politicians and commentators express concern over oil price increases and their implications for U.S. midterms, as well as Russia-Saudi ties. The larger picture in the Mideast and Washington is a sense that Russia has made inroads with Saudi Arabia. Well, this is bad because the guy in the White House has been making outroads with Saudi Arabia for the past three or four months. And so the Russians are going in and the whole world is being realigned right before our eyes. The U.S. position that Russia's war against Ukraine is actually a war of autocracy against democracy has highlighted the overlapping interests of Russia and the GCC states. For their part, the GCC states have displayed little desire to comply with demands from U.S. officials that they do not flirt with Russia or China because the guy in the White House is irrelevant. The U.S. was pressuring Saudi Arabia to not cut production, according to news reports. Now he's in hot water over it because he was doing it for political purposes. I don't know if you saw that, but he said, just wait until after the elections and then raise the rates and or cut the oil or whatever. And uh, that's not really legal. Unless you're a Democrat, then it's okay. (laughs) Nevertheless, OPEC members went ahead and cut production. The New York Times claimed that OPEC and Russia aim to raise oil prices. Biden admin officials consider this as being a slight and see it as aligning with Russia. It's clear that when it comes to the biggest producers, Saudi Arabia matters. With the OPEC cut, the consensus in some media outlets, think tanks, and commentator circles is that Riyadh is the problem. A Bloomberg opinion piece claimed that the Saudi-Russian oil access has snubbed Biden. This is an attempt to make this issue very personal. Another report claimed that Putin finally finds a true friend, Saudi Arabia. The U.S. has had a hard time increasing its own production. No, it hasn't. All you had to do was just not cut it. Anyway, the Inflation Reduction Act, listen to this, the thing he just signed requires one new oil gas lease for every new wind solar one. Imagine that. But our oil companies have resisted investing in new production. Times of Israel. Lebanon years away from gas riches, even if it closes border deal with Israel. So we have this deal that did close. It's not going to change much in the short term. The cash-strapped country still faces an uphill struggle toward unlocking potential hydrocarbon riches. A deal would mark one step forward, but it does not mean that Lebanon has become a gas or oil producing country. We are talking of a timeline of five to six years before the first gas, if commercially viable reservoirs are found, describe the time frame as optimistic. 
with the demand for gas rising worldwide because of an energy crisis sparked by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Lebanon hopes that an offshore discovery would ease its current unprecedented financial downturn. But more than a decade since it's declared its maritime boundaries as an exclusive economic zone, it still has no proven natural gas reserves. So that might not help them at all, but it's going to be at least five years before it does. From Breitbart, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London. Sadiq Khan hails the good news that the London triple stabbing was not a terror attack. That's what you get when you have a Muslim running your city. From France 2-4, you know, they're stabbed as stabbed, folks. It doesn't matter who it is. Stabbed as stabbed. And he's rejoicing that it wasn't a terrorist attack. France 2-4, Saudi women reject stigma to embrace pole dancing. I bet you've never heard that title before, have you? Okay, I got some news from Mongolia for you. In a burqa? In a burqa, yes, in a burqa. From Xinhua, Mongolia's Tsogd Batar wins Judo World Championship. Mongolian judoka Tsog Batar won the gold medal in the men's 73 kilogram or less at the Judo World Championships. Tsog Batar defeated Japanese Soichi Hashimoto. I'm glad Hideko's not here. She'd be in tears right now. In the final, becoming the fifth world champion in the history of Mongolian Judo. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Let's see what's going on there. From NPR. Artificial intelligence could soon diagnose illness based on the sound of your voice. The NIH is funding a massive research project to collect voice data and develop an AI that could diagnose people based on their speech. Everything from your vocal cord vibrations to breathing patterns when you speak offers potential information about your health, says a lady, Dr. Yael Ben-Susan, the director of the University of South Florida's Health Voice Center and a leader on the study. We asked experts, well, if you close your eyes when a patient comes in, just by listening to their voice, can you have an idea of the diagnosis they have, Ben-Susan says. And that's where we got all our information. Someone who speaks low and slowly might have Parkinson's disease. Slurring is a sign of a stroke. Scientists could even diagnose depression or cancer. The team will start by collecting the voices of people with conditions in five areas. Neurological disorders, voice disorders, mood disorders, respiratory disorders, and pediatric disorders. It sounds like all five of those belong to the guy in the White House. All five of them. Like autism and speech delays. The project is part of NIH's Bridge to AI program, which launched over a year ago with more than $100 million in funding from the federal government with the goal of creating large-scale healthcare databases for precision medicine. We were really lacking large, what we call open source databases. Every institution kind of has their own database of data. But to create these new networks and these infrastructures was really important to then allow researchers from other generations to use this data. So we'll see where that goes. It's kind of interesting. Okay, this is very, 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 like up here cool in my book, Mail Online. Giant slingshot hurls payloads 25,000 feet above the Earth's surface. 
It's a colossal accelerator with an arm that spins 5,000 miles per hour, and it's set to launch satellites into orbit by 2026. No more rockets needed. Just sling them up there. Yes, a giant accelerator conducted its 10th test where it shot payloads 25,000 feet above Earth's surface. The payloads were launched through a tube at the top of the accelerator with more force than a rocket launching to space. Now, I bet you would have loved to have one of those when you were in artillery years ago. There's the enemy. The enemy is gone. Obliterated. Yeah, cartoon gun. Exactly. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see what's going on there. From Zero Hedge, CDC, record number of children hospitalized with weakened immune systems. There are two implications to this. First, the gap gives time for the viruses to mutate even further to cause more severe disease. And second, whatever immunity was built up to those viruses, it will have waned, making the immune response much less potent now. In other words, because of these lockdowns and because of other things that have been injected into children, the immune systems are weakened, and that is a revelation plague waiting for the next five years because these people cannot put up with what is coming out in society. Watch this. Five years, there are going to be a whole group of people about this big now. They're going to be about this big, and they're going to be dying by the tens and hundreds of thousands. Gateway Pundit. 17-year-old fully vaccinated daughter of Illinois Democrat Representative Sean Kasten died of sudden cardiac arrhythmia. Now, this was a while ago, but listen to this article. The lawmaker has finally broken his silence after keeping silent for the past four months since the passing of his daughter. The Kasten family revealed that their daughter, Gwen, who was healthy and fully vaccinated, passed away as a result of a sudden cardiac arrhythmia. Here it goes. We don't know what caused the arrhythmia and likely never will. That is a person that has his head buried so far in the sand. He cannot admit that he killed his child by forcing her to get something that she should not have gotten. That's what happened. Florida Health Gov. State Surgeon General, I know you've heard this, but I'm going to read it anyway. Joseph A. Lapato issues new mRNA COVID-19 vaccine guidance. The FDOH conducted an exit disclaimer icon analysis through an analysis CISELF controlled case series, which is a technique originally developed to evaluate vaccine safety. This analysis found that there is an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccination. With a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by this abnormally high risk of cardiac-related death among men in this age group. This is from the Florida State Governor. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased risks, meaning that the mRNA vaccines are found to have increased these risks. As such, the state Surgeon General recommends against males aged 18 to 39 from receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Those with pre-existing cardiac conditions such as myocarditis and pericarditis should take a special caution when making this decision. Steve Kirsch, why did the CDC hide the V-safe data from the American people for almost two years? 
V-Safe is a voluntary safety monitoring program put in place by the CDC to monitor adverse reactions after people take a vaccine. The V-Safe data shows that 33.1% of the people who got the vaccine suffered from a significant adverse event and 7.7% had to seek professional medical care. These are extraordinary numbers. They clearly show the vaccines are unsafe that the CDC deliberately hid this info from the American public and that the drug companies falsified the data in the trials. The mainstream media is ignoring this story. So is the mainstream medical community. None of them want the American people to know the truth about how unsafe these vaccines are. Gateway Pundit. What I've seen in the past two years is unprecedented. Renowned OBGYN tells Dr. Drew that he has seen an off-the-charts rise in miscarriages and fetal abnormalities since the vaccine was introduced. So not only are we killing people, but we're keeping people from being born that want to be born. And then we import a lot of people that don't speak English, and we've got our new utopia. From The Guardian, microplastics found in human breast milk for the first time. The samples were taken from 34 healthy mothers a week after giving birth in Rome, Italy. Microplastics were detected in 75% of them. Previous research has shown toxic effects of microplastics in human cell lines, lab animals, and marine wildlife, but the impact on living humans remains unknown. Well, we're going to find out soon, aren't we? From the Washington Post, a California city water supply is expected to run out in two months. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Newsbusters. Number of trans youth in 2021 is up 3%. No, 8%. No, 70% from 2020 in one year. Nine reasons why the media is at fault. And then they give you a long article with nine reasons. An agenda being pushed. And as I said a week ago, only like 19% of these people that do this will ever have children. So we are eliminating populations across the board. Yeah, that is the plan. Breitbart, director of Boston Children's Gender Clinic, says puberty blockers cause infertility, are given out like candy. Can't have children, but we're just giving them out like candy. Gateway Pundit. University of Southern Maine students demand professor be fired for saying there are only two sexes. Newsmax, trans woman must register for draft, but not trans men. Can you imagine that? Tell me there's not an agenda going on somewhere in this world. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Breitbart, FBI, over twice as many killed with knives cutting instruments than rifles. Not all guns, just rifles, but it's the rifles they're targeting. Over twice as many killed with knives and cutting instruments than rifles. I've said this for about eight years now. We need to ban all knives. We need to get rid. Nobody should ever be, no butter knives for your butter. I'm sorry, none of this stuff anymore. The FBI's 2021 Uniform Crime Report shows that 447 people were killed with rifles, while 1,035 people were killed with knives or cutting instruments. No more box cutters. If you have to open a box from Amazon, you're just going to have to hit it with your knuckle until it comes open. All right? I'm adamant about this. This is serious. We're losing people. Zero Hedge. Massive errors by FBI undercounted number of armed citizens thwarting active shooters. Imagine that. According to a new report from the CPRC, 
The FBI's official data contains massive errors, I would say intentional errors, when it comes to tracking active shooting incidents, and the agency has undercounted how often armed citizens have thwarted active shootings over the past eight years. The FBI defines an active shooter as one or more individuals actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area, but does not include crimes related to criminal activities such as robberies or gang shootouts. At the center of the discrepancy are two variables, misclassified shootings and overlooked incidents. Although collecting such data is fraught with challenges, some see a pattern of distortion in the FBI numbers. No, no, because the errors almost exclusively go one way, minimizing the life-saving actions of the armed citizens. Data released by the nonprofit showed that 34.4% of active shootings were thwarted by armed citizens between 2014 and 2021. However, FBI data showed only 4.4%. That's 30% difference, folks, of active shootings were thwarted by armed citizens during that time reported. In all, 360 active shooter incidents were identified by CPRC between 2014 and 2021, with 124 stopped by armed citizens. The FBI identified 252 active shooter incidents during the same time period, with only 11 thwarted by armed citizens. Okay, I've got a question for you. Let's see if any of you can figure this out. Is 11 more or less than 124? Anybody? The FBI misclassified at least five cases where citizens thwarted the incident, but the FBI didn't list it in the report because the suspects were ultimately apprehended by the police. In two cases, citizens with valid firearm licenses thwarted shootings. In three other misidentified cases, the FBI simply failed to mention citizen engagement at all. Zero Hedge. Capitol Police officer told agents that Oath Keepers shielded him. The FBI sealed the records. An FBI document being kept from the public under court seal undermines the government's seditious conspiracy case against the Oath Keepers, shows that the indicted members of the group are not guilty and proves that the prosecution is lying to the jury. An FBI interview with a U.S. Capitol Police officer shows the Oath Keepers protected the officers from an angry mob near the Capitol Rotunda on the afternoon of January 6, 2021. This document, together with a photograph of the moment inside the U.S. Capitol on January 6, proves that the prosecution is lying to the jury. No one who engages in seditious conspiracy or insurrection stops to come to the aid of the police against a mob. If the Oath Keepers were involved in any way in any insurrection or conspiracy to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, would they turn and stand between the U.S. Capitol Police and against the mob? This is not merely a good act. This is absolute proof that there was never any insurrection or seditious conspiracy. The prosecutor's entire case is a fraud upon the American people. Gateway Pundit. Trans-Pacific shipping drops 75% during peak season due to lack of U.S. demand. 75%. Trans-Pacific shipping rates have plummeted roughly 75% from year-ago levels. The transportation industry is grappling with weaker demand as big retailers cancel orders with vendors and step up efforts to cut inventories. FedEx Corp. 
recently said it would cancel flights and park cargo planes because of a sharp drop in shipping volumes. Nike Inc. said it was sitting on 65% more inventory in North America than a year earlier and would resort to markdowns. From CNN, U.S. Postal Service proposes new prices to offset inflation. Now, how can that be? There is no inflation. From The Guardian, police warn Oregon beachgoers about, I bet you've never heard this one either, about grenades washing ashore. What? Yes. They've got grenades washing ashore on Oregon beaches. Okay, who said it? I believe God is managing affairs and that he doesn't need any advice from me. With God in charge, I believe everything will work out for the best in the end. So what is there to worry about? Anybody? Charlie Garrett. No. What? Graham. No. Kanye. Who? Kanye West. No. Henry Ford. Oh. Who would have thought? Why worry? You know, I try to tell people this all the time. They send me an email and they're distressed about something. I say, just look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus. I mean, we get angry. Don't get me wrong. We get upset. We have frustrating days. We have all kinds of things like that. But there's nothing to worry about. Be anxious for anybody? Nothing. nothing. Yes, by prayer and supplication, bring it before the Lord. All right, here's what Les has to say this week. Let's see if you can figure out what article he's referring to. And you thought David's good with a sling. NASA wants to engage in a fling. Into space, stuff will go when it gets to the heave-ho with more force than a rocket launching. Okay. I've got one irony here for you this week. I didn't think I'd find any, but I got one. Okay. Uh, this is rather ironic, and it, it, it actually took a study of researchers to find out. Researchers find transgender women have more muscle mass than biological women. Wow. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG report for the week.